Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Bobby Podcast. My name is Bobby Kazmaier, and for the last two years, I've been sharing my story in eating disorder recovery, showing the wins, the losses, the good days, the bad days, the ups, the downs of recovery, being authentic and vulnerable on this podcast, on TikTok, on Instagram, trying to make eating disorder recovery talk less taboo, trying to destigmatize it, especially for guys, just because I'm a guy and I know that when I was deep in struggling, I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about it. I felt really alone, so... The goal of this is to just make everyone feel less alone about their own struggles to show that you're not alone if you are struggling with food and body image. Um, there is no diet culture talk on here. There's no weight loss talk on here. There are no numbers on here. Um, everything is real and authentic, and I just want to help others and make you feel less alone if you're struggling. Um, I just recently got my degree in nutrition, uh, my undergraduate degree. It's just a crazy pipeline going from eating disorder to nutri- nutrition degree, but I, I wouldn't trade my story for the world, my journey for the world. I feel like this happened to me for a reason, and that reason is to help others in their own recovery, in their own struggles. I'm not a professional yet, um, but that is the ultimate goal, but I'm just sharing my own story. And I really want to thank you for listening because none of this would be possible without you. And thank you. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Today, I'm joined by Jenna from the Body Love Society. Jenna is one of the two incredible intuitive eating counselors from the Body Love Society team who have built a following of over 120,000 on Instagram and also have a top charted podcast in the food freedom space. She and her business partner, Lauren, just launched the largest undiet online community, featuring over 300 non-diet experts, including therapists, dietitians, weight-neutral fitness pros, and so much more to build a healthy relationship with food and your body. If you click the link in the description, you can join for only $19 a month to help break free from diet culture for good. Okay, we have Jenna here from the Body Love Society. Jenna, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. I've been wanting to have you, have you on for a while now. So it's great to finally, you know, be able to talk with you and learn about body image because that's a, that's a pretty big, um, it's pretty popular among, you know, in, in today's world, it's, it's a popular, it's a hot commodity. It's, it seems to be everywhere. I know I've, I've had my own struggles in the past with body image and so many people around the world, you know, unfortunately deal with the same struggles, struggles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into any of that, the first question I like to ask the, uh, all my guests, whenever I remember to is what is your favorite food of all time? Mm, I think it's got to be pizza. It's just pizza? so versatile. <laughs> uh, I, I, do you have any, do you have a favorite like topping, pizza topping? Like, how do you uh, like it? I, I like that it can, just whatever I'm craving, I can put on it and it serves me. So I like that. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> what like what kind of is it like deep dish is like the like the new york style oh, like just that? good old plain regular basic crust simple <laughs> love it love it i know pizza's definitely up there for me as well it's awesome um <laughs> all so moving into the body image talk um mm-hmm. so before we get it or before we dive in further going further in depth can you just tell me a little bit about what you do with the body love society what you and lauren do sure so um i've partnered with Lauren, who we just met online, both doing this work, 
both having spent 10 years in our own disordered eating, probably eating disorders, but never diagnosed body image struggles, binge eating over a decade, both of us separately without knowing each other. And then we were doing this work, just trying to help other people repair their relationship with food and their bodies as intuitive eating counselors. And we found each other and just got along great. So now we're best friends and business partners and do this work together. And we've been about eight years working together. And at this point, um, we are creating a, a non-diet platform that we'll mention at the end. But um, that's kind of our passion right now is, is uplifting non-diet dietitians and intuitive eating aligned therapists and fitness experts who are weight neutral um, and creating just a really awesome diet culture free space for everybody to learn and connect. Yeah, that's amazing. Like platforms like yours are just so needed and necessary because, you know, we live in a, a very diet culture heavy society and any platform that can kind of help negate that or show that you don't have to live in this in this diet culture world is is awesome. And I, I really appreciate the content you guys put out there. Um, you know, if you're comfortable, would you mind just kind of sharing how you got to this point? If you, you know, struggle with body image in the past and how you're able to overcome that to, to get to where you are now? Sure. It, I was always kind of the, from like puberty to like 16, like, like the chubby one in quotes, but looking back, I'm just like, oh, so adorable. What was the problem? But, uh, and one day I was 16, I just woke up. I said, I'm just going to not be that way anymore. And I started jumping on my mom's rebounder in the living room for 20 minutes a day. I'll never forget the little like mini trampoline. <laughs> that was my first journey into exercising and just kind of was more conscious about what I was eating. And I think that's where everyone starts where it's like, oh, I'm just going to be a bit more conscious, just a bit healthier, just move a bit more. But I've rarely met anyone who is able to maintain that sanity and that gentleness around exercise and food. And so quite quickly, I was losing weight because the first time you pursue weight loss, especially at that age, it usually just falls right off. Um, and then the more and more you try, the harder and harder it is. Uh, so it went really well. I got a lot of praise. Um, all of a sudden, I was in the popular group in high school. Teachers were praising me. He looks so amazing. Like I just thought, oh, I'm valid now. Like this was clearly the answer to attention, attention from boys, like everything was, oh, oh all my problems are solved with weight loss. And so that really implanted in my brain, like the way I look is super, super important. And thinness is very important. Um, and so for the next 10 years, I just got more and more into fitness, exercising constantly. And then by the time I was in university, I just like wear my gym clothes all day and like go to the gym in between all my classes like any spare minute I had, I was in the gym, binge eating all the time though, because of course our bodies rebel and say, no, thank you. And so binge eating, just struggling. And then by the time I was finishing my second degree, <laughs> I really hit a wall of like, I can't do this anymore. I'm really burnt out. This isn't working. I've never been happy anyways. Oh, and in, in the middle there, I modeled overseas, like made everything about the way I looked. Mm -hmm. And that did not help, but I did hit a wall of, I can't do this forever. So I don't know what it was. And I was very, very lucky that I was able to have a quite a quick shift to, I just need to eat food. Like I can't worry about it this much because this is crazy. 
So I just started being more relaxed. You know, if I go somewhere and there's chips out and I want to eat them, I'm just going to eat them. And just became more and more gentle with myself. Binge eating stopped. And I realized, oh, clearly (laughs) that was the restriction in the binge eating was connected. I had never learned of that or knew that before. So that was kind of the clear cut line of like, okay, I'm headed in the right direction because my unhealthy food behaviors are stopping without me even trying. Like I didn't have to work hard at stopping. It just did because my body was being fed. Um, And then a couple of years later, realized that was the best thing I ever did for myself was prepare my relationship with food and my body. And so then I was like, oh, I want to start teaching other people how to do that because because at that point I didn't know intuitive eating was a thing I thought I just discovered this <laughs> brilliant idea of like listen to your body and don't worry about it and just be relaxed and like body acceptance and body positivity I didn't even know about any of that so I thought I oh what a concept to accept yourself and not worry about it um, but then when I found the world and everyone doing the amazing work they were doing I was like oh yes this is a part this is a world I want to be a part of that it's thank you for sharing that story by the way that's it's just crazy how like similar the start of our stories are because like I was the same way like I grew up like on the heavier side as a kid always comparing myself to people around me and then one day it was like I I I call it like (laughs) a moment where I'm like okay I'm not going to be like this anymore and that's where the restriction comes in and then that turns and turns into the binge eating in college and then yeah it's uh, so it, it's crazy how many people go through like the same, mm. same shit because like I thought I was the only person in the world going through something like that right so me just, too yeah, it, it's 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 crazy um you brought up one particular point in the beginning of that of your journey and that's the people complimenting your weight loss and mm. your drastic body change because I dealt with that as well when I initially lost because like you said like at the start and at, at our age it's easy it like the, like the weight just comes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it happens pretty quickly, especially if you're restricting like that, it happens so quickly. So people just all of a sudden notice and they're like, Oh shit, like you look really good. You look so much better. Like, and at first my, my first thought was like, well, okay. Did I look horrible before it kind of like <laughs> yeah. validated like my decision mm. to lose weight? Cause I was like, okay, well, obviously I'm a better person. If I'm thinner, like thinner equals better. So I don't know. It's kind of talk about like, the difference is how you felt about yourself after those compliments because those compliments go such a long way and like they can even further drive the disordered behaviors because you mm. want to like you don't want to go back to the way you looked after getting compliments like that so you kind of talk about your experience dealing with that yeah definitely for me personally like now looking back I can see it was like I've been recently diagnosed with ADHD and I think it was a dopamine thing mm. like the compliments, especially when I started getting attention from guys and everyone wanted to date me and all of a sudden all this male attention and that was just like dopamine, like, oh, that makes me feel so good. And so even if just the attention, not even having to actually date anybody or have any relationships, it was none of it was genuine. It was just, oh, I want that attention and those compliments. And so that really fueled the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that's such a dangerous kind of point in anyone's journey it solidifies it's like oh exactly like you said oh I was I'm right I was right like this clearly was my problem and this opened up the whole world to me like I I got recruited by a modeling agency then an an overseas modeling agency found them and then I went there and lived there for three months and that was like I was living in a movie it was just like parties all the time and living in this huge model house it was like oh thinness has given me access to it's this amazing world 
But then of course that comes with way more negative than positive, but it's so easy to just focus on the tiny little positive moments and you forget, oh yeah, I was like in my room binging and crying and like, I wake up thinking about food. I go to sleep thinking about food. I'm constantly at the gym. I have no social life and no life at all. And this is all I think about or do. And it's not working and I'm still not happy. I look at my modeling pictures from like 12 years ago now. And I'm like, I was so messed up in the head because I did not see that at that time. Like I was so thin and and not sickly thin, but just com- compared to now, I've had two kids and I'm in my 30s. I definitely don't look like I used to. Um, but yes, our, our perception of ourselves is so messed up. And then you get these constant compliments saying, oh, this is so much better. And that makes it almost impossible to stop or to repair your relationship with food because it doesn't that doesn't seem safe to do. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's like, you almost like you never feel satisfied. Like when you're deep into it, it's like, okay, how can I keep continue to push this further and further? And then when you look back years later, like you just said, like, you're like, wow, I really was really thin. I just, <laughs> you just don't realize it at the time because you're so focused on what's next and how to, you know, keep going further and further and further. And eventually you're just going to snap and break. And it's just, it's, it's a horrible, horrible time. And I actually, I was just looking at your, uh, your Instagram the other day. And the post you made about like you asked people what they were going through and they were getting compliments about their weight loss. And some of the some of the responses, like it's it's insane to think about, like, because there's so many reasons why someone is gonna lose weight drastically mm-hmm. quickly that we don't really realize. We just all of a sudden we like we just instinctively and naturally think that, oh, they must have just gotten into really good shape and they just know like they're on top of their shit. But in reality, mm-hmm. there's so many external factors that uh determine why you lost weight so that was really like eye-opening for me because some of those like I wouldn't I couldn't even imagine going through what they're going through but and they're just getting these compliments from people about weight loss it's it's insane yeah that's our our biggest post we've ever done is we repost it here and there and it always goes pretty far because it's so relatable so and then everyone comments yeah either usually some sort of disease or grief or divorce and now I'm drinking all the time and not eating like that is not healthy or yeah. even even saying, I was trying to lose weight, but now that just solidified that that's all anyone cares about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like no one knows what someone's going through just by looking at their physical body, like mm-hmm. like no one can tell. So and and it's like, how do you even like respond to that when you say you go through, go through something such as severely as grief or um, divorce, like anything like that. Like, how do you respond to that when, when someone says, Oh, you look great, but it's like, mm-hmm. you look that way as a result of, of trauma. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, so tying in with that, knowing what you know now, how would you appropriately, or should like kind of explain how to appropriately respond to someone who is commenting on your body and who is trying to give you those, those compliments? How, how would you go about appropriately responding in that scenario now? Mm-hmm. Um, I always, cause people don't get it. So I try not to over explain because <laughs> people aren't going to understand. So I usually like if someone said that now, cause I have had babies and I'm like three years from having my last. And so I have lost weight just naturally from being very pregnant to getting further and further away from having had kids. And I always just have a neutral response. Like, Oh, have I? 
like, like not thank you. Cause that's not a compliment. It's just an observation. Just like if mm. like, of course that's not how it is in our society, but it should be the same as if, Oh, it looks like you've gained weight. Like it's just, Oh, it looks like you're dyed your hair. Oh, it looks like your hair's grown longer. Like it should just be a blank and neutral observation, but it's not, it's so weighted with meaning and we kind of know that weight loss means positive and weight gain is negative, even though that's not true, but that's what our society places on it. So I just always make sure to never say thank you. I always say, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Same if someone says, oh, looks like your hair has grown. Okay. Like, right. I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. I like that. Making it to an observation. Cause yeah, you're right. That's, that's all it is. That someone sees that and they observe it. And yeah, I like that. Not saying thank you. It's good to know. It's good to know. So in that answer, you brought up, you know, body neutrality. And that's something that like I myself am trying to achieve. Same thing with food neutrality. Like I'm trying to get to a point where it's like food is food and the way I look is the way I look. And that's that. Um, so how, if you were trying to explain body neutrality, how would you go about that? And how would you, how, how does someone achieve body neutrality? Um, a big thing we talk about with clients and um, in our work is values. Because in our society, we value our looks, our weight, money. <laughs> These are the things that our society teaches us to value. And so we always tell people, like, look at what you spend your time, money, and kind of brain space on. Well, like, what values are you living to into? So if you're currently focused on your body a lot, you're probably, that's probably your number one value based on how much you think about it. And then if you actually look in your heart and be like, what are your values? Like on your deathbed, what are your values? Like, what did this life mean to you? That's probably not going to be one of them. And so that's another reason why it can feel so unfulfilling is because we're acting like it's one of our core values, but in our soul and in our hearts and our truth is not that. Mm -hmm. And so no matter how much weight you lose, no matter how successful you are at it, um, it's probably not going to be very fulfilling. So we look at, okay, what values are you living right now? And that may be, wow, I spent all my time at work thinking about my body and worrying about the bills. Okay, so those are the values you're living. Now, what are your actual values? It might be family, you know, it could be something like I want to growth and always be learning and even physical well-being could be one of those or well overall well-being okay now how do we shift what you're thinking about what you're spending money on time you're spending on to those values and then naturally your body becomes neutral because it is not the most important thing to you it does not have as much value so it just naturally kind of pushes it down the priority list. And then you realize you're not thinking about it very much. And you're not really worried if your pants feel a little tight. You'll just buy new ones because mm. you're thinking and focusing on the things that are valuable to you. Mm. I like that. I love all that. because, And that's, I, I like that just because I know for me, like there's so many times where like I would notice something like for example like your clothes not fitting or something like that and you immediately think of okay like how do I fix how do I myself mm -hmm. fix it so I can fit into this pair of clothes um instead of the opposite and that's what you should be focusing on mm -hmm. um, so yeah I, I 
I think how hard do you think it is to achieve body neutrality? How how long do you think it would take someone to because like I feel I, like that's, it's such a long like, I feel like it's such a long process because you have all these years of built up mm-hmm. just you know always focusing on the nitpicky things about your body the way you look what you're eating so how how long do you think it takes for someone to achieve true and full body neutrality? It can be weirdly fast if you are really putting conscious effort into it all the time, which is exhausting, but it's not going to be like that forever. But when you notice thoughts, always shifting them, always questioning everything you're thinking, like, why, why do I want to fit into these pants? What would be wrong with just buying new pants? What, what, like, why am I focusing on this? Why does this matter to me? Um, And a huge part that has helped me and it's helped me maintain my kind of confidence in my self and body neutrality through gaining a lot of weight, having babies. I had very large <laughs> children, so I gained more weight than I expected I would. And I was able to really stay present and be like, it's fine. This is my body and it's doing its thing. Um, and now I've lost my train of thought, but I, I'm sure it's going to come back. Um, <laughs> okay, where did I start? How how long uh, takes someone to achieve? Oh yes, oh yes. So, so this is what has really helped me is <laughs> it's really zooming out. So it's not all about me. Oh, do I look good in these pants? Me, 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 me. How do I look? How do people see me? Like, how do I want to show up to inspire others? So I, my hair is going gray, and I'm not going to dye it. As I'm aging, I refuse to get Botox. I am going to accept my body. I'm going to show up to a party and eat the food I want to eat. And every single instance of that is giving someone else permission to do the same. So me dyeing my hair, getting Botox, dieting, wearing compression garments and looking my best. What does that contribute to society? Nothing. It makes other women then feel like they also need to do that. Well, that's not who I want to be. That's not what I want to contribute. And so kind of going a little bit on the advocacy end of like, oh, me not complying to diet culture is going to help others not comply as well. And that's really inspiring. And that can kind of push you through those hard moments of, oh, but this is uncomfortable. And I'd rather just, you know, go on that diet or dye my hair or do whatever thing, other thing to comply to our beauty standards. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Do you think there's, like how similar do you think is intuitive eating and food and body neutrality? Like, do, do they go hand in hand? Do they directly correlate mm. or are there any differences between the two? I think it's pretty much the same. Cause like I became an intuitive eater without knowing it was a thing because it is our natural state. Mm. It's just once you, when you're born, you are an intuitive eater. Babies aren't worried about how many calories are in their <laughs> bottle. Like we and just eat. Back then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and babies will leave food. Like they're not guzzling every bit they can get. They're not, if they're fed well, they will eat when they're hungry and they'll stop when they're full and they'll, you know, enjoy the foods that are put in front of them. And even my kids now are almost five and three and give them dessert and they will leave some on the plate sometimes. Mm-hmm. And my husband's always like, no, they won't. They'll just eat whatever you get them. I'm like, no, just watch. And you give them a pretty decent portion, but it's not like we are not innately like shoveling down every carb or sh- sugary food we can get that only comes into play when when we restrict or when we think foods are good or bad or when diet culture comes 
into the picture. So um, it's just, it is neutral. Food is neutral naturally. And so really this work is just unlearning all the crap that we were taught mm-hmm. um, and getting back to factory settings, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. The default settings. Yeah. It, it is crazy. We have, we have to unlearn our mm. natural instincts as humans. It's it's when it comes to food and body image, it's, mm. it's, it's really unfortunate, but I mean, that's, that's why we have people like you to, to help us to get to that point. Um, so like you mentioned a couple of times, you have children. Um, and I remember for me, there are, I can just remember there's certain details of my childhood or specific moments of my childhood that directly impacted how I viewed food Mm -hmm. exercise body image as as I got older so I know you've made a couple pieces of content about this but how would you go about for because I know I I have a good amount of um, parents as my audience um, for this for this podcast so uh, how would you or how do you go about with your children making sure they grow up to have a healthy relationship with food body image um, so they don't fall into these, you know, diet culture traps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. At this point, they are still pretty young. So I just don't say anything. Here's dinner. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's a cookie. Yeah. And I never talk about my body. I never say anything about myself. They've never heard me say anything. I've never commented on their bodies. Um, like just, it's just life. And if, they went through their whole life that way, they will have a healthy relationship with food. But of course, diet culture will come into play at some point because we live in it. Um, But hopefully, when they have questions or bring something up, I can give an alternative perspective that most parents, if you haven't done this work yourself, wouldn't even know is an option. Like, no, all food is fine. Just listen to your body. And and your body is what it's going to be, especially as they grow, like going through puberty and stuff. Everybody, you know, you change so much so fast. It's like, just let it be and and allow your body to do its thing. And so reassuring them of that um, is important because parents can get scared. You know, if kids gain a bunch of weight really fast, they know something's wrong, got to fix this. And then, it, and then it's an avalanche for the rest of their life trying to correct that so it's like not to panic just let kids bodies do their thing if you're actually worried about their relationship with food or movement you can address that but in a non-diet way i love that yeah because they're you know i remember just specific things that i would just go through like you know the the classic like you know no dessert to eat all your vegetables or you know finish mm-hmm. finish your plate like little, like little things like that like they still like click in some way I mean I've been able to kind of adapt and kind of understand that you know I don't have to do those things um as I get older but they you still remember them you still kind of figure out like oh shit like maybe that's why I, I dealt with you know binge eating or you know it could be uh you know external factors like that so yeah I think you know having I think it's awesome that you're you're just from a young age you know you're just having your kids just have be try try and be food neutral from a young age I think that's mm-hmm. that's amazing so that's really important because there's so many so many kids who, whether it be, they see people, you know, outside of their family at school, you see a lot of things, you know, that, that can portray diet culture and just the actions of their parents. I see a lot of mm-hmm. parents, their actions and decisions directly affect their children because the, the children see that and they think that's the, that's the way to live and that's how they should go about it. And that just creates a, a pretty, pretty messy cycle. So, yeah. I think the best thing parents can do is just repair their own relationship with food in their body and then live it. 
Mm. You don't really, I don't think you need to explicitly teach your kids too much. Um, Because if you're a role model of, oh, dieting was never talked about in my house and my parents never talked about their weight and it was never something that was commented on, um, they're going to have a much better chance than if you're struggling with your own stuff. Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, so I think now we're at a great point. If you would like to talk about uh, the Undiet program coming out on January 25th. (laughs) Yeah, so Undiet Online is our platform that we've created. Uh, It's similar to uh, Mind Valley is a is a platform that does like psychology based lessons and courses. Um, as well, kind of, if you marry that with a Facebook group and it's all non-diet. So we have a community of over 215 experts right now. We have non-diet dietitians, intuitive eating aligned therapists, uh, fitness experts that are all weight neutral and really focused just on function and, and mental health and fitness and not weight. And all these people create content. So we have video lessons and audio lessons. We have podcasts on there and movement classes that are all weight neutral workbooks meditations so many materials that can help you repair your relationship with food in your body and then we also have a community where you can ask the experts questions um, talk with fellow undieters who are kind of in the same place as you um, and really just have an awesome place to go at your fingertips anytime to do this work you know, you can search what you're struggling with. Oh, binge eating. You're going to have a whole list of lessons on binge eating, intuitive eating. Um, if you are trying to do this work and you have diabetes, we have a section on that. If you are trying to do this work and you have PCOS and you're wondering how does that affect things, we have a whole section on that. Um, raising intuitive eaters is another area of expertise that some of our um, experts have that you can learn about how to do this with your kids. And um, yeah, we're really excited about it. And it's very affordable at $19 a month. You can learn from over 200 people where one therapy session is like $200. So <laughs> um, pretty nice, uh, accessible platform for everybody to do this work. So amazing. And it's like, uh, when I was looking through it, uh, it's so well articulated and, you know, 215 professionals, that's, that's an insane amount. Like, that's, that's the most I've ever seen. Yeah, and we haven't even launched yet. And we're just going to grow and grow and grow um, as we, after we launch. So we're very excited just to get more and more people on board and um, contributing their insights and expertise so that we can all learn from everybody because it's so, this work is so complex. There's so many angles to it and elements that we can learn from everybody. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think one of the best parts about it is that it's not going to feel isolating because, you know, and any disorder, eating, eating disorder, um, body image issue, you know, all of that can feel so isolating at times. So it's just nice to know that there's other people that are going through what you're going through. You have that validation there and you, there's people to help you 215 plus people there to help you. Um, so yeah, I definitely sign up. Uh, we'll have the link in the show notes for it. Um, I highly recommend it. Seriously. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. So I, I really appreciate you and Lauren setting that up because that's, that's awesome. Jenna, it really is. Thank you. Yeah. We're very excited. Yeah, of course. Uh, Well, okay. Jenna, thank you so much for coming on. Um, This was a great conversation. I learned a lot about body image, um, food neutrality, body neutrality. um, And I hope the listeners did as well. Um, Have any, have any final, final words for us? 
No, it was great talking to you guys. And if you want to learn more about what Lauren and I do in our work, um, we can. We are at thebodylovesociety.com and uh, on Instagram at thebodylovesociety. Yes, please give them, give them, please give them a follow and listen to their <laughs> podcast, How to Love Your Body podcast. Please listen to that. Um, yeah, Jenna, thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bobby Podcast. If you found this episode relatable, if you resonated with it in any way, if it made you feel less alone, that's truly amazing. That's incredible um, because that's the goal of this podcast. I really want to make and help others feel less alone, whatever they're going through, because this this stuff is tough. You know, like ED recovery is tough, and I never want anyone to feel alone in this because I know there were times I felt alone. So um, I never want anyone to feel alone. So if you um, found this episode enjoyable, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Check out my TikToks. Um, I will leave all those links in the description. I really appreciate you listening. You're all the best. Have a great rest of your day.